Unscrupulous, the podcast where we talk dishonest folks whose victims always live to tell the tale. I am Beck Rose, and I am looking at the beautiful and wonderful Adam Lawler. Hello, friend. What up? Hello. Thank, thank you kindly for your uh, introduction. Freshly showered. Oh. Is the, yeah. So fresh and so clean. Exactly. As the song goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, excellent. So we got housekeeping up, up off the top, everybody. Um, yes. We pride ourselves on being translucent <laughs> and up front with y'all. Um, so I, I like how you said translucent. <laughs> it's just like you're not completely see-through. <laughs> transparent. We like to be transparent. Oh, no. I thought that was like a thing of like, <laughs> there are some secrets. <laughs> you know what? We don't have to tell you everything because we have boundaries because we both exactly. go to therapy. Healthy boundaries. I actually don't know if you go to therapy. I didn't mean to put that on you. Um <laughs> Everyone should go to therapy. So that's not what this is about, though. So, okay, this is the first time in almost a year, the mm-hmm. first time we've had to re-record a pod- an episode. We've we've crossed, we have been baptized in the flames of podcasting. <laughs> yeah. We've had to re-record. We made a whoopsie. And, we uh, did. Specifically, I made a whoopsie. <laughs> we made, we're a team. Um... <laughs> I wasn't even going to say, I was just going to say there was a whoopsie, but yeah, Adam made a little whoopsie and it's fine because I don't remember what story you said. This is the beauty of um, high anxiety and the amount of weed that I ingest. I literally couldn't remember what I was going to be retelling you until I looked. Incredible. Yeah. So, um, so we've both already told each other these stories, but we're going to react as blindly and openly as we did before. Yes, We're gonna be I've generous deliberately just audiences. like not looked anything up. I've just, I have not returned to the story at all. I I'm haven't either. Like, and then I was like, shit, maybe I should have like re-looked over my script. But I think it's going to be fine. But I, I guess I also to say that just to be like, if if the bants seem a little off, the banter, or just like something feels like a little different, like that just might be why. But um, yeah. we're yeah. still going to entertain you. Um, the other housekeeping is a personal one. And I am turning as pink as my hair having attention on myself so we're going to do this quickly um so my voice is just changing and pubescing as am i i am seven weeks on hormone replacement therapy testosterone yeah pausing for the thank you thank you thank you so um I just have had enough people in my real life be like, do you have a cold? Is something going on? And I'm like, no, I am turning into a beautiful boy. And uh, full disclosure, I have chin wispies. (laughs) They're hideous, but they're mine. Um, So anyways, if my voice sounds different and it continues to sound different, that's why. Welcome to the journey. And uh, now let's talk about someone else's journey. So... I get to go first. And this is this is an oddball of a tale. A whale of a tale. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about a British royal quote unquote expert. Ah. Okay. Are you surprised? Are things are is it slowly returning to you? Yes. I could, oh my god. 
I cannot remember this man's name. It's so hyphenated. There's it's, so many there's, names. There's so many barrels. It is yes. Thomas James Mace Archer Mills Esquire. <laughs> yeah. It's just as good. Thomas James. So he is a huge fan of the monarchy. As are we all. Mm, speak for <laughs> yourself. Um, <laughs> I won't lie. I find like people who live in a castle it's an interesting why would their lives not be a little interesting but uh colonialism yeah. is bullshit and uh i'm over Agreed. it it's yeah it's antiquated I think, uh, we should just collectively get get it done with where yeah. we've seen enough yeah i'm i'm over it um but you know who's not over it thomas james mace archer mills esquire <laughs> <laughs> I don't even really know what Esquire means. I looked it up, but I still don't really know the answer. Do you know what it is? I I believe it's like the pretentious three letters you get to put after your name if you're a lawyer. Okay, that's what I thought. He, I don't think he's a lawyer. But he's also I... not a lot of things that he claims. <laughs> so let's get into it. So he yes. loves the monarchy. Um, he wrote a couple books on the topic. Wonderful. Um, his website, which is still up. Um which you'll know is weird why in a, later at the end of the story. But <laughs> he um, calls himself Mr. Monarch. Uh, you know, okay. How disappointed are you? Very. To, to meet a Mr. Monarch. You first time, they're like, Mr. Monarch's just through this door. <laughs> and I walk through and I'm thinking, this is Butterfly Man. And I'm so excited. Who's Butterfly and Man? And then I... Just a butterfly man, the monarch butterfly. Oh. <laughs> He's gonna teach me all the facts of a monarch butterfly. And then I get in there and <laughs> it's this guy. It's so. a butterfly. <laughs> um incredible. Say, I'm now to, just picturing you need a, to be more upfront with your advertising. Just sir. picturing a butterfly in a in a suit. <laughs> um I was thinking more so like I picture Mr. Monopoly. Like, they're clearly going to be wearing a monocle. Like, both of their uh, okay. eyes yeah. don't require prescription wear, but one eye requires a glass. Is Are those prescription <laughs> wear? I would assume so. Yeah, I guess so. Although I'm absolutely sure that, like, I would... I would bet that like half of people who wore monocles were just like, oh, we're all wearing monocles now. Mm-hmm, okay. I'm thinking like, maybe like only the rich deserve to see and get prescription wear. <laughs> that is. So it's like, yeah, I'm so status. Possible. I get to actually read and the world isn't fuzzy to me. Anyways, I'm Perfect. still in the first paragraph. We have got to barrel through. <laughs> so as many barrels as his last name, we need to get through uh, so yeah, Mr. Monarch, not a butterfly, and he had the distinction of being the most interviewed person during the royal wedding of um, Harry and Meghan. Wow. I stumbled Sucks on their names Harry as much as I Meghan, did last time. You were not interviewed. Say that again. Oh, I just said, sucks to suck, Harry and Meghan. You were not interviewed as much about your own wedding. I think that that was a personal choice. <laughs> Maybe. it wasn't like your wedding where you want to talk about it to the public like they want it to be private um and he was also the editor-in-chief of um 
Crown and Country Magazine, <laughs> which launched a royal theme cryptocurrency uh, named Crown Royal. <laughs> and they created a society of monarchists. Oh, the best, just the best room. Just mayonnaise, just white <laughs> and people eating a lot of mayonnaise, I assume. <laughs> so he comes onto the scene 2018 when, like I said, Prince Harry uh, marries Meghan Markle. He was right. interviewed. I know it's Markle. It was a joke. He was interviewed a lot as like yeah an expert of the monarchy and how did he get such an accreditation you ask well he said dibs i want it i i'm smart about oh, this oh and okay. he founded the british monarchist society wow i mean what else can you do when you're the world's best monarchist for the british monarchy yeah i mean like if you're the self-appointed best monarchist um yeah you gotta found a society you have to create the job you want to see in the world. My um, vision, though, I mean, not to be crude, but I feel like it's just, you know, a bunch of white people getting together to, like, blow their load over colonists of other white people <laughs> spreading the gospel of white yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Men yeah, is like for all! The worst, just, like, stuffiest room. Your clothes are never comfortable. Oh, um, of course not the starch. Oh, the starch. Oh, the yeah. unwieldy facial hair. Um, hey, I'm sitting right here. I shared, unwieldy. I shared not, a I said unwieldy, not perfection. Uh, no, it, it's already looking like a goat. It's not great, but... Incredible. Incredible. So, anyways, I, I truly, like, don't understand what this group actually did but according to their wikipedia page it describes it as quote a nonpartisan monarchist organization started by thomas mace archer mills in 2012 as a private limited company under guarantee which just means that it's a not-for-profit gotcha so then i did a google um about like just what the fuck and it led me Mm -hmm. to this website called the crown chronicles which uh, just now lives in my history forever. So thank you for that podcast. <laughs> they have a website, which again, still up, where they interview mm-hmm. Thomas James Mace Archer Mills Esquire. And he says, <clears throat> <laughs> quote, the society supports tradition. It promotes heritage. It defends the crown and embraces charity in the UK. A small team helps to provide a voice for monarchists, of which there are many across the country, and to challenge ignorance (laughs) and misinformation about constitutional monarchy. Uh Mm -hmm, mm Uh-huh. Then the website just tries to sell you a membership to the British Monarchist Society. Oh, good. I was hoping so. Yeah, if you need one, I know where to get it for you. Um, And it ends off the whole thing saying... Well, BMS, it calls itself BMS, which sounds like <laughs> ideas. Uh, yep. While the BMS is not officially endorsed by the palace, it is by far the leading group of its kind. <laughs> Great. Great. This, I am just now remembering how this story is so full of people who just decide things about themselves. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it's just it's... mostly Thomas James Mazar Trinidad <laughs> saying, like, I'm the best at it, so I'm the only one out oh, here. Yeah. 
so this little group um, is what made him like this kind of like self-appointed royal expert. But mm-hmm. uh, it like and it was enough to get him booked on several media outlets in 2018 for the royal wedding. Right. He but like before that, he had appeared on British television for like many years to discuss the royals. Uh, but that's when he got the most airtime was during the wedding, which was May of gotcha. 2018. Okay. But he was already like a go-to. Source. Yeah. He was already like doing sound bites and stuff and like having these little interviews talking about like what, um, yeah, just like monarchist bullshit. Uh, but during the Royal <laughs> wedding, he was like often talking about the fact that Meghan Markle was American and explaining oh, how exactly she should behave when coming to England. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. But by the end of the same month, May 2018, the Wall Street Journal did a little digging. Although I don't really know why. I feel like they just, I don't know if they wanted to do an interview and then they were like, what? Um, because like he just seems oh. so inconsequential. But the Wall right, Street Journal. Right, right. Like what do you, although the U.S., like they are weirdly they have like this weird connection sometimes to the the monarchy to like the uk specifically in britain it's just so and that's true that's true but just the wall street journal seems like a weird choice but anyways, yeah by the, yeah so they decide they're gonna they're gonna do a little digging so they find out thomas james mace archer mills esquire <laughs> he adam that wasn't his real name no, you stop it. I knew it was three names shorter than it should be. <laughs> yeah, it's way longer. <laughs> um, yeah, no, not his name. He was born Thomas Tommy Muscatello. Born not Ooh. in jolly old England, <laughs> but in New York State. Mm, New York State. I think it's so shady that in all the news reports, they call him Tommy. And I, like I, so his dad is oh. Thomas Senior. So I, maybe mm-hmm. he was called Tommy as a kid. But it's like he goes by Thomas now, <laughs> and they keep being like his name's Tommy Muscatello, and they all say it in the accent because you can't not. But they right. just really hit the Tommy when it's like it's Thomas Muscatello. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. So he was born in Bolton Landing, New York, in 1979. Okay. And according to his dad, his obsession with England started when he was very young. And in high school, oh. he starts adopting phrases like "God save the Queen." So I, mm, I don't mm-hmm. think high school was a great time for Thomas. Probably not a group of girls shining memories, I would say. No, but you know what? He did what uh, any kid who says "God save the Queen." does and he joins the the drama club yeah that checks out that yeah, yeah. and uh apparently it was during a production of oliver that he first tried out his british accent <laughs> because okay. uh he was using an accent the whole time in all these interviews i should have made that clearer <sighs> <laughs> yeah, he's on television with a British accent saying, mm. Meghan Markle's coming to England. That's basically the same Wow. Accent. That is, you know, that's wonderful. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> he never drops the accent either. It's pretty, uh, um, 
It's that chick who did, uh, oh my God, I can't even remember what she did. The Dropout. Um, the Dropout. Amanda Seyfried played her. Oh, yes. Um, She's that really Elizabeth voice. Holmes. Elizabeth Holmes. Elizabeth Holmes, yes. Yes. Okay, um, similar voice situation. So Thomas, James Mace Archer Mills, <laughs> nay. Esquire. <laughs> nay, uh, Thomas Muscatello. <laughs> I don't know. If, I think that's how you pronounce it. The N-E-E with the X on the <laughs> Yeah. So he says that he left Bolton Landing when he was 17. Okay. I don't really know where he went that young. But the next thing we know is that he graduated from uh, Coastal. Is that how you spell Coastal? Weird. You know when you look at a word and you're like, is that how that's always been spelled? Yeah, I do, oh my the yeah, Matrix. I do that all the time. Yeah, so he graduated from Coastal Carolina University in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and he earned okay. degrees in politics and history. Not esquiring. Not esquire. He wasn't an esquire yet. <laughs> Esquired. Um, he worked <laughs> in real estate, and he starts a firm. And around this time, he starts calling himself. Thomas J. Muscatello, sorry, Thomas J. Muscatello de la Croix. <laughs> which just makes me think of the drag queen Lola LaCroix, uh, which Whoa. he said helped with French Canadian clients. Yeah, sure, Tommy, just I guess. Like, 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 I'm going to bank on the. Um, the French stereotype that they're uppity unless it's one of their own. So I, I'm gonna blame yeah, yeah. my lie on like a racial bias on a on an entire other group of people. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. It's the, people will get it and they'll know why I needed to add yeah. Delacroix. It's fine. As soon as they hear it was for the French Canadians, they'll they'll be like, oh, it'll yeah, their drama. <laughs> So such a wild excuse. It's it's a weird choice to make, but a lot of choices you make. It's you know there yeah. So his firm ends up closing during the recession, and okay. uh, he had been spending more and more time in England. And then in 2012, he just ends up like moving there. Oh, does he? So does he close? Is is that his firm affected by the recession? Do you know? Or does he close it to move to England? Like he no. see, kind so of sees let me, the writing on I'll the I'll just rewind and I'll repeat a sentence for you and maybe it'll... <gasps> okay, okay. His firm ends up closing because of the recession. Oh. <laughs> he is spending more time in England. For some reason I thought you said like during the oh, recession. Oh, maybe I did say like, during. Yes, sorry. I did probably say during, but it's... Okay. Uh, but it's still like... It's yeah, because yeah. of, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so when all this comes out, everyone is like freaking out that like he's from the States and like shockingly Thomas like goes on to shows to be interviewed. Um, like still after the, after the article is like, yo, this guy's just, okay. With the accent. (laughs) (laughs) He never drops it. He claims that he never said he was British. Uh, okay. Sure. Um, yeah. But there is an interview where he says that he identifies as British. 
Of course. Which is like just yeah. heavy Rachel Dolezal vibes. Yeah. Wow. That's what a weird. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. He explains that to him, Britishness, um, it's a cultural institution. It's not where you're from. I just, it's when you were conquered by the British. I mean, yeah, he was he was just pissed that he was from a country that didn't want to be in the British Empire. Yeah, such an upsetting day. The the, the day he learned about 1776. Like, oh god, yeah, he can't watch Hamilton, guys. <laughs> July 4th, the first cognition July 4th worst day of Thomas. <laughs> oh my god. Um so one interview I watched, I found incredibly infuriating because he's being questioned directly about misrepresenting himself. There's this one American journalist who had gone to the UK like for the wedding and had done yeah. an interview with him. And that's like usually when they um, like would show clips from like to explain who he was they would show this clip that he did with this american journalist um okay and a huge part of that is because he's like talking about how this american should behave coming to britain (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh so um so yeah so he went to the uk he did an interview with this one journalist so now that it's come out that journalist Mm -hmm. is interviewing him about being outed so this okay this is a this interview is directly about exactly um but because they had done an interview like before (laughs) this journalist it kind of comes across like how dare you lie to me (laughs) and like thomas has his back up the whole time he's being very defensive he says he hasn't lived in america for years they question him on his name and like he just keeps saying like my name is Thomas James Mace Archer Mills. And she says, like, does it say that on your passport? Do you have a British passport? But mm-hmm. she's like questioning him too fast. And he's just like repeating, like, that's my name. And, but he doesn't like confirm like the passport comment. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But like, what was annoying to me was the code switching he was doing. Like, so he says, when talking about the um, Wall Street Journal article, he right. is saying that um, a journalist, sorry, I just lost my place. He had said that a journalist went to his primary school to speak to a music director. Blah. An American would say he went to my elementary school to speak to a music teacher. And he even kind of paused before he said director. And it was like, oh, oh. my God going through the file folders of which one is it yeah. which one is it and like i will say there are terms that like i think when you live in a place for a long time like you almost sound silly if you don't say them like i remember when i lived in the uk yes. like it gets to a point where you do start calling it a flat because like i'm you're not gonna say apartment all the time and people are like it's just 
it stands out. And so you start yeah, to adopt. Yeah. You it's start like to... needlessly, like weirdly combative when you're there. And it's just like, well, this doesn't I think mean also like... you're hearing it all the time. And so you just start to adopt yeah, the yeah, language it's like totally very normalized. subtly as well. And so I can mm-hmm. understand like parts of it, but like it just felt so directed to be like, he went to my primary school, spoke to mm-hmm. a music director. director? Uh, another thing I will say about this interview is that um, so it comes out mm-hmm. that he when he had met this journalist when they were like finished the interview he had taken her and like the whole team to this very nice place orders top shelf liquor and then dips before the bill comes <laughs> and like what's so like adds a layer of discomfort and kind of hilarity is that so like we're watching that interview but then um like it was clearly like pre-recorded and then it goes to that journalist like who had been lied to and just on the interview talking to her Mm -hmm. other like co-hosts and she's just saying you know like it sucked and it just felt like he misrepresented himself um but then one of the other co-hosts who i don't think was in the uk was like you know what actually really bothers me though and tells this story (laughs) (laughs) so it kind of felt like a behind the curtain um right moment but very oh my god so just kind of funny to be like and you know what another thing that he did yeah you know what really grinds my gears um like you were just waiting you were like if this doesn't come up i will be yeah (laughs) yeah later she's like i wasn't gonna say about the bill oh but you should have he people should know yeah so when uh when you first see his interviews like from this time he seems like he's Mm -hmm. flailing to find answers to explain himself right to insider checks out pardon who checks out? It checks <laughs> probably out. It's didn't probably have a contingency plan. Yeah. Uh, to insider entertainment, he said, "Quote: When one has found where they are and <laughs> who they are supposed to be, taking on cultural cultural identity becomes a practice. <sighs> Being British is an institution in its own right. Citizenship is irrelevant. My accent is what it is." Prime Minister Thatcher also had elocution lessons, as did King George the Sixth. I mean, wow. The two best English people. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are definitely the great ones to go off of. <laughs> yeah. Who should I compare myself to? Who should I compare? Also, oh, elocution. Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> yeah, the Brits lover. Um, elocution is like... <sighs> Like, just massaging the truth, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Speaking of these lessons that he claims are elocution lessons, um, in another interview, when asked how he got his accent, he is talking mm-hmm. so fast as he tries to explain himself. And he says, it's what I was taught. It's what I studied. Two online courses. And also practicing with my people that I consider close friends and family. That's uh, that's an interesting way of phrasing friends and family, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> the online courses yeah, did as you like take a brag. British 
course at like how to have a British accent. You paid? Yeah. They yeah, they they You too. Well, I mean once once you get to England, you, they just give you the course and they won't let you free until you complete it. Absolutely. It's like those um TV licenses. <laughs> they they send little slips under the door being like we know you don't have a TV license and we're going to send you to jail. Same with your elocution lessons. So Mm -hmm. what's weird about that statement, Adam? Well, everything. (laughs) But specifically, it's when he said the people, you know, he said that he considers close friends and family. Uh Uh-huh. He said to the Wall Street Journal that he, quote, found an elderly British man and woman who he who agreed that he could call his grandparents. In like a in a hole? What? Um like, well actually it would have to be two separate holes because these people aren't a couple. It's two <laughs> separate <laughs> British people. You know what? My close friends and families. Like a puzzle. I need to give them titles <coughs> that represent mm-hmm. yes, yeah. You shall be the part of Nan and you shall be the part of Grandpapa. And he's just smashing the pieces together. Oh, my God. Um, In that uh, same interview, he said Mm -hmm. that how he feels like more British than American. And he said that he is applying for his citizenship and that he had made that very believable name legal. Mm. Oh, okay, Good. Committing to the bit. Um, It's not a face. What? It's not a phase. No, this is me now. Um, I couldn't find much else about the grandparent situation, but it seems like they were me. Oh, yeah. Like I said, they were not a married couple, two different people. And he just said, yes. can I call you grandma and you grandpa? Um, and then <laughs> um, that and what's funny, interesting, what's funny, interesting, too. I can't speak. That journalist who he hung out within the UK and like said that he misrepresented himself. Um, mm-hmm. that did the interview. She did say that he spoke about grandparents uh, when they were together. So it's something that like, just, like, to be clear is like, I mean, he was obviously meeting them in a work capacity, but like, just to be clear, it's not like he's going on like TV and just saying my grandparents, like in his day to day life, which clearly also this right. like quote unquote con, if you can call it that, like, this wasn't him trying to, I think, fool the general public. This was him trying to adopt a new lifestyle. Ooh, okay. Yeah, like it's it very much was, yeah. Like, like full... in his personal life, he spoke with a British accent. He went by yeah. Thomas James Mace Archer Mills. Like, yeah, it's like a, it's a full like commission to it. I, yeah. I do, they can't be the first people he asked to call <laughs> Grammy and Grampy. <laughs> oh my god, I never thought of that. That is so like, fucking funny. How many, how many people are you how going through like, before you're like, no, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think so. Duh, duh, mm, fuck, nah. <laughs> yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, so there was an early document that had been submitted for his society that was found. And on it, he did write that he was American. Um, Mm. So, like, it really seems like 
he believed it to a certain degree. And like that journalist, like again, the one who said he was duped, she seemed to waffle between this declaration of he misrepresented himself and he really believes he's this person. Right, right. And it feels like it's it's such a niche topic to be an expert in that like really at some point if you actually know this information like you can back that up with facts about the monarchy i feel like eventually you are going to be involved in some kind of like mass media thing when there's a monarchy thing already like i think everything that got him like onto the television like the expert part like whether he like was self-appointed or not all of that was legitimate the only thing that was the lie was saying that he was from england and that he had the accent like he could have done all of this and said Mm -hmm. you know what's crazy is like i myself am from america originally and like i am i love it so much here i moved here like that could have been his shtick and i would have a different topic for this episode like it would not exist but because right he like was it's, not, it's like, such a i'm a british odd... expert and i'm british yeah yeah that's that's so yeah like just you saying that like it does make me lean more toward this is you solidifying a new identity yeah like, which it, like it, yeah it, i'm all like, for it isn't <laughs> it's right, just right. the it's just the like fake uh, Madonna accent, I, and you know what? Madonna yeah. got away with it. Why can't Thomas James Archer, Archer Mills Esquire? <laughs> because he <laughs> has eighteen done. names and she has one. That's the difference. Mm, she knew that's the way. That it was the <laughs> in and out. As soon as you're out of the one name game, you cannot. You know adapt what? You can only get away with so much. So, <laughs> the Wall Street Journal. I I could not get my mitts on the article um, because it's behind a paywall. <laughs> um, mm. But it looks like he says in the interview, like because he was mm-hmm. interviewed for part of it. Like they did talk to him. It says it sounds like he said, "I'm from New York." Um, and in one interview, he said that he was quote happy that the journalist who wrote the article spoke with this like music director. Um, okay. He yeah. said we fact checked, like making it sound like his team. So it like really leaves me wondering if he was hiding or omitting being from America. But then, according to the Guardian, he said, "quote The Wall Street Journal breached journalistic trust, omitted truths, and missold what the initial interview was for. Many of the facts in the article are inaccurate, and the Wall Street Journal itself." was given many opportunities to ensure that the article was published with the most accurate information available. The Wall Street Journal chose not to adhere to the facts or their integrity. So, like, yeah, who knows? He's, like, directly. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, who knows if he was into it or not. Um, he wild. is saying he doesn't understand why people are freaking out. This doesn't change his level of expertise. And holding on to this claim that he had never misrepresented himself. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of the reports say that he would use phrases like, we British. So like, we British enjoy this. Right, so, right. you know, kind of lumping himself in. So saying mm-hmm. terms that led people to believe that he was an actual British person. But again, he claims that he is British by 
merely wanting it badly enough and although never like outrightly saying it implying that he picked up the accent by living there long enough just like you know what i'm gonna say jennifer coolidge (laughs) in friends (laughs) this is a this is a jennifer coolidge fan cast first and foremost absolutely you know what actually made me laugh is i'm just remembering now that the last time we did this story you made that connection really early on (laughs) and we had a whole bit about it but i was like shit like i put it in the end of the script but you would like caught on to it and then like the next day i was even thinking about the fact that you did it before and i totally forgot until this moment that's so funny oh Um, perfect perfect so some people point out like how much he talked down on Meghan markle for being american and wonder if it wasn't some Mm -hmm. projection about himself um there's Mm -hmm. no denying like he was good at what he did uh he he wasn't the most interviewed person during the royal wedding for nothing like he was entertaining um and he Mm -hmm. even became a consultant to other royal families in other countries so like clearly like monarchy royals like it was a genuine interest for him yeah like this the knowledge like it is very deep and genuine yeah yeah yeah. but um yeah yeah, yeah. so to end it on just like a touch of a sad note thomas died earlier this year um nothing was reported about what the cause of death was um I want to point out, though, that he was still being interviewed on news outlets up until very recently. Um, There was an I watched a video of him being interviewed um, to discuss the Queen's funeral. So as a royal expert. Yeah, but he was. But what I mean is like this didn't ruin his um, reputation. Right, right. Um, He didn't look very well. So I think there was maybe like a sickness. Um, But yeah, he was on there talking about the Queen's funeral and he was still speaking in his british accent that he learned from two online courses and his two unrelated grandparents and his two unrelated grandparents who he practiced (laughs) with and they said jolly good have have a tea and a biscuit love and he was like i'm british now i think this is what british is (laughs) it's just a lot of like like how many times do I have to insert in it? Yeah, absolutely. In the middle Your of a sentence. Your just become Fs. <laughs> um, you say love a lot. Mm, There's yes. a lot of terms that you can now say in your new accent that sound very, like hate crimes on an American tongue. Like ha- what they call cigarettes. <gasps> it sounds so that is true. fine on their, on their lips. Coming out of us, it's like, ah! Yeah, you're like, ah. who do you hate? Um, but anyways, that is the story of Thomas James Mace Archer Mills, Esquire, not a lawyer, Thomas? not a British person, definitely an expert. <laughs> that was, um, that was powerful. Thank you. You did uh, so good at like <laughs> reacting like you hadn't heard it before. I was really impressed. There were parts where I was like, do you not remember this? <laughs> Okay, like I like there was there there were things that I like I have a really weird like a very weirdly vivid memory mm-hmm. which I am just like learning now when I'm like talking to people and how they think of things yeah. and like how they imagine stuff and remember it. So when you <laughs> yeah, when when I was like okay, like I'm going to sit down and and hear the same story again, I was like I actually like 
have to like not visualize but like think consciously about like oh i'm gonna put that information in like a black box at the back somewhere (laughs) that's pretty good and i'm just like so it was like when you took stuff out it was like a reveal (laughs) (laughs) it was very fun oh my god um yeah so there you go that it's a it's an interesting story i think because like it's not like he was trying to con anyone it's not like he was getting the information from someone else like he wasn't he didn't even really do anything unscrupulous except allow people to believe that he was from the motherland right it's just it's such an odd yeah there's so many interesting factors for such a weirdly specific story yeah. <laughs> like yeah it's just so interesting and that he there's went so many, from like, thomas muscatello to de la croix to Mace oh, that de la croix. oh and also i should that say misstep. that uh, i know the day he dropped the de la croix was a mistake in my opinion um but the <laughs> thing i meant to point out that i forgot was two of the last names maybe i don't know but uh, for sure, two of them are those grandparents' last names. So it was like, can I call you grandma and grandpa? Also, can I take your last name? Oh, my God. I forgot. Yeah. So he and I think that was something he kind of yeah. tried to use as an excuse to of being like, well, I've maybe I shouldn't say excuse, but reasoning of like, um, and I don't know if he explicitly put it this way of my chosen family. Like I'm cre- making them my legal basically by like sharing a name um right that's right. maybe me adding a bit more meaning to it who knows but yeah very interesting and yeah, makes me really story. want to cover rachel Dolt dolezal okay so i like the, the weird ways that our stories match up i was gonna say i remember that there was a that there were parallels but that's that's as far as my memory goes (laughs) that's it um today i bring you the story of a a real three namer curtis howe springer okay jerry uh, who was mr springer (laughs) yes uh he was born on december 2nd 1896 in birmingham alabama Capricorn, yeah. Unfortunately, he's in he's in my crew. It's uh, also go fish goats. Oh wait, no, no, no. I'm sorry. That's a Sagittarius. December. 2nd. Oh yes, that's way too early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I did. It's yeah, also I didn't the even... same birthday as the person that I chose for next week. <laughs> oh, interesting. The exact same day. Not, not the eighteen hundred mm. part, but the. <laughs> Synchronicity. Synchronicity. Um, <laughs> I will couch this in that, like, a lot of what we know about Curtis's early life, um, is just what Curtis said about Curtis his with early a K life. Or Curtis with a C. Curtis with a C. Oh wait, wait, wait. Oh, deathbed confession. No. <laughs> okay. Um, what do I think this is? Okay, Curtis with yeah, the C. Very interesting. Uh, like fifty cents. There's a lot, like a lot of his life, and it's like a recurring theme. It's just stuff that he says, uh, like 
he says he was in the U.S. Army as a mm. private who said he taught boxing. Um, but that is just like, I feel like it's just that one a, time I punched him, he, he fell flat. <laughs> he fell down. Um, after World War One, though, it like starts to kind of solidify a little bit because we're getting like public records. Like other people are talking about where he is and what he's doing and like how we you, there's more like fleshed out Curtis life um he eventually moves to Chicago in the late 1920s and he works uh at a technical automotive school that's known as Greer College Greer like sounds like cheese Greer Judy Greer oh Judy Greer oh, that I was my Judy go-to Greer. yeah um, oh. When you said Chicago, I just thought of, uh, we've been rewatching New Girl a bit, and he's like, um, I'm something Pepperwood. I'm from Chicago. Then he's <laughs> pizza. Yeah. No, thank you. I'm from Chicago. <laughs> I forgot about, I, yeah. Julius like, Pepperwood. Some, Julius Pepperwood. Oh my God. There's a lot of things that don't hold up about that show, but there are some yes. solid bits. The whole that, like, Zoe Deschanel part. Yeah. If the whole like, show was just the guys, it would be fine. Which I don't like saying that sentence, Adam. You know that. <laughs> I understand it. I felt you need it. more space. I didn't for like the hearing it. That show. <laughs> well, it's essentially you can classify that as a fantasy world, um, <laughs> <laughs> where men written by women are to- are tolerable and funnier <laughs> than the woman. Hmm. Um. But he gets fired in 1930. Uh, in a lot of cases, wait, the reporting... Wait, I totally forgot. Totally where forgot. Where... Okay, oh, okay, Greer, okay. Greer, Greer, Greer College. Yes. Yes. He's teaching he's at fired. Greer College. Thank you. Yeah, he gets fired in 1930. Um, in a lot of cases, the reporting then says that pretty soon after the school filed for bankruptcy. <laughs> Related? I don't... I don't think it was related to curtis um and there's kind of some weird muddiness in the water because we're not even a hundred percent sure that he even taught at this school or that he was just like around and confirmed by sources to be in that area but he really wanted people to believe he went so like if he wasn't it was just happenstance that they filed for bankruptcy yeah. and they're like, what a coincidence. And it's like, no, genuinely, yeah, he wasn't like, even here. None of, we yeah, don't even like, know none her. Of the other things. Like, it's, she it's doesn't wild. even go here. <laughs> uh, he starts giving lectures, though, throughout the 1930s. Uh, he's traveling around the States, specifically in the Midwest, claiming that he's the dean of Greer College. Um, oh. Again, the dean of a college that has filed for bankruptcy. He yeah. is just using this as like, so I'm thinking like it was big enough that it was, it sounded good, but not oh, big enough a school to be known outside of the state. Oh yeah. The it's not like so, you like, can look if they have a Facebook page. Exactly. And uh, he just made up entire institutions that he spoke for sometimes. These included the National Academy uh, the, just the National Academy. <laughs> <laughs> just, you said it like there know, was the more because one. there should be, but it yeah, was just yeah. an academy. It was like, of people didn't take to that one very well. Uh, the Springer School of Humanism. 
the American College of Doctors and Surgeons. Oh, what, whoa. Uh, the, there was a couple of made-up osteopathy schools in oh Pennsylvania God. and New Jersey. Uh, the talks all have, like, a nice mix of religious sermon, weirdly enough, no, mixed you. with some totally real and helpful medical advice. Yeah, so was he he's a medical hobbyist. Like he didn't have it like he wasn't trained. Well, did I know, miss that sentence? He never like defined trained because like you can <laughs> get training <laughs> medical training on the streets, you know? Like can really, you? there's book learning. Uh-huh. And then there's being being a doctor in real life so uh, sit okay. down <laughs> oh, oh uh, sir like, I, I will do the rest <laughs> of this show standing because you told me to um i mean i do feel like medicine is a little bit patriarchal but um uh, just just i do bit. think also maybe i don't want doctors to have learned on the street <laughs> um especially so the 1930s the talks- streets yeah, they're not very particularly clean streets. I hear, in fact, they are mean streets. They probably, terms. like, knew people who did, like, leeches to make you feel better. It was, like, not that far of a distant memory, you know? And they were just like, I don't know, maybe. Um, maybe like, less I feel blood like... would solve this. <laughs> less blood. I feel like this is still a period of time where, like, there were definitely at least older doctors who still remembered being really mad that washing your hands was a thing. Oh yeah. They, they trained do. with barbers because there was yes. still when barbers <laughs> and doctors learned together. Yeah. Um, so these talks are always free. Um, and then <laughs> they at, fucking at better the... be with their absolute <laughs> nonsense. But at the halfway mark, he did make an appeal for donations. That's how you get uh, it. That's how yeah yeah it's the church it's the church basket trick i mean basically Um, it's like the equivalent today when you like enjoy a blog and then they start sending you emails and they're like you need to give me money to read my free blog yeah yeah please please um he would also try to sell private courses in psychotherapy um or psychoanalysis it was 25 dollars. i'm gonna analyze you psychotically (laughs) he probably would be very good at that um it's 25 dollars per psychoanalysis session the little a lot of money in 1930 isn't it yeah and it is helped by the fact that like when he's advertising for these talks he will literally just print the honorifics md nd do phd after his name like no problem you mean like esquire just like Esquire. Um, 1934, he has his own radio show. He's talking about all that, like, good, good medical knowledge that he for sure knows. <laughs> um, it's also when the American Medical Association and the Better Business Bureau start to call Curtis out as a fraud who impersonates doctors. Do you think that those two organizations work together often? I that have seems no like an odd couple. Idea. Like a weird pairing, right? Like it like I had to read it a couple times. Out. <laughs> yeah. Uh 
There's an article published in the Journal of American Medicine Association in 1936, and the article does not mince words. Uh, It's called Curtis Howe Springer, a quack and his nostrums. Nostrums? Um, Nostrums. N-O-S-T-R-U-M-S. It's like, the. I had to look this up too. It's like the word for... Um, like a concoction or a, a mix made by oh, someone okay. who like generally does not have <laughs> any ability to do so. Got it. I totally thought you were going to say, and his nostrils. <laughs> and I was like, why? What? Girl, spill the tea on the nostrils. What's up with them? <laughs> They're noteworthy. Infatuated. He took the this nation by storm with those two beautiful bastards. <laughs> He's really gorgeous, except for these nostrils. <laughs> See, that makes way more sense than my reality. Which I actually was, didn't hear he what was you said. He was famous for his beautiful nostrils. Oh my god. <laughs> I was thinking more so, like, if they're insulting him, being like, he's a liar, and he has yeah. these horrible nostrils. <laughs> um. So, like, it's this is, like, in his day, like, in his height. Um, the quote says, a most thorough search fails to show that Springer was ever graduated by any reputable college or university, medical or otherwise. Um, that this seems was unnecessary. Not... <laughs> He's not yeah. just not medically trained. He can't, hasn't done any school. <laughs> Bitch There's can't even nothing. read. This man doesn't know. This man cannot know. No. Um, he sh- he's so stupid. no one should listen to him this was not uncommon throughout his life in 1969 Curtis was also called yeah (laughs) like it's very public like very but like it's such a weird dichotomy because he is also extremely successful at what he does it's bonkers um so in 1969, Curtis is called the King of Quacks, so he's now royalty, so that's good. Um, after he leaves uh, his base camp in Chicago, and he moves to Pittsburgh in 1935, um, where he gets even bigger on the radio, he promoted a lot of wonderful miracle cures, like Rehib, uh, which was an antacid, and antediluvian tea. Uh, according to Curtis, his cures could make literally anyone, quote, internally, externally, and eternally clean. <laughs> I.e., it's going to give you so much diarrhea, you're going to feel <laughs> like there's nothing inside of you at the end of it. You will be a husk. <laughs> um, <laughs> Your skin will be the, so uh... dry because you're so dehydrated. Just a a blasted apocalyptic wasteland is your body. But then you're going to um, feel euphoric when the nausea and the diarrhea pass. And that's when you great. know that the tea worked and you come back and you best, give me more money. Exactly. Best best day of your life is when you give me more money. Um, well, the best day is when, when the shitting stops. I assume they would immediately run to give him more money. <laughs> yes, it should be the same <laughs> afternoon. Yes, true. The American Medical Associations, the AMA, revealed that rehib uh, is mostly just baking soda, uh, and oh. antediluvian tea was a pretty sloppy mix of laxatives. Oh, <laughs> so you're not I was wrong. Onto something. <laughs> uh, despite this, Curtis just keeps getting more popular. 
uh, he is somehow married because so of sorry, course I have he a is. quick question, and, yeah. and like I don't know if you know the answer to this, but like, are there repeat like customers, if you will, or like like if he has a radio show, like I'm assuming people are tuning in continually, but like so mm-hmm. he's kind of fucking people over, and they're. But he's, is he, like, selling it, like, no, it's supposed to hurt, or it's supposed to... Yeah, he's, like, he's selling it, but it's also this, like, it's a really interesting time in medicine, too. Like, just that mm. period where, like, they... I feel like there there's, like, a name for the particular period, but, like, basically it was just this injection of like oh like we're gonna be able to use science for everything Mm -hmm. like so easily like so when you're coming with these products like people are like oh yeah like sure like this this makes sense like i was like i heard this talked about in the news like i heard this like i read it in a magazine like that kind of thing and because in that case like there's only so many forms of mass media like Mm -hmm. a lot of people are on the same page so i'm guessing that it's just it's kind of like the the group because it wasn't everybody it wasn't like everybody that he met was like taken for a ride mm-hmm. but he was very good at convincing the audience and like it, and to have an audience like you have to grow like it's they, there are yeah. people who are like recommending him and he to didn't leave chicago because he had to like it's not like he was run out of town or anything no no like he wasn't run out of town i think it was like this is getting to it's getting too hot for me here. Like people are getting too close. Um, or like I'm, I'm close like I'm to being figuring out, out that he, Oh okay. yeah. Like not even, not even figuring it out, but like getting close to a point where he feels like he's in danger, I guess. Oh, so Whether he did kind like of leave law. because he felt he had like, so he I, was kind of almost, that's, out. that's what I get. But like, okay, it was, he was way better at like, He's not leaving it till the last minute. Like, again, he's very okay. adaptable. And he's like, I, I am like, he seems very capable of like seeing the writing. He on the can wall. tell when the party's over. Yes. Before it he becomes is very less adept cool. at that. Yeah. Um, so he's somehow married. Uh, his first wife is named Mary Louise Berkabile. Or maybe Berkabil. In the That's early funny. 30s. She basically encouraged him to try opening a health spa. Um, he, and he tried opening a few, uh, one of which was called the Haven of Rest, uh, which was shut down after he paid no taxes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Resting which, on paying taxes. Um, that sounds yeah. delightful, though, Haven of Rest. I would, Haven of Rest I would is maybe nice go little, there. It's like a little oasis. Um, eventually, Curtis and Mary separate. He starts seeing a woman named Helen, like the the best sources I could find. Do you hate Helen? Helen? The no, way I just, like, that I her no, name no dripped other out of name. your mouth. Like, there's no, like, background. It's just one of these Helen? things. Helen? Like, yeah. It's she just, puts it's the all hell in Helen, me. let me tell Helen. you. Helen. Um, by 1944, they're engaged to be married. And Curtis starts getting <laughs> the health spa itch again. He uh, got all these miracle medicines he's got nowhere to really hawk them um so what does he do if your answer was pick 12,800 acres in the mojave desert uh a couple of hours from vegas and file a mining permit there 
congratulations, you are equally as unhinged as Curtis. He gets a mining permit, which allows him to mine for whatever he wants in this area. Um, he gets to keep all the proceeds. Is this a story but- that he invented fracking? <laughs> Can you imagine? And that's how I get to RuPaul. <laughs> I um, was going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was RuPaul's um, ancestors. Yeah. Uh, before trying to open a mine, he first wants to really look into the area within his acres. Uh, at the time, they're called Soda Springs, um, which is an area with a natural Because of the baking spring. soda. <laughs> he was just like, I, it was a sign. Given time with Curtis, Soda Springs becomes Zizix. Oh my god, it's That's coming back to me. <laughs> Z-Z-Y-Z-X. <laughs> <laughs> okay, say it again. Zizix. Zizix. Ridiculous. Zizix. Did you, Ridic- did I you thought it was ridiculous enough. It? Like, uh, Yes. Okay. <laughs> He named it Zizix, Zizix so that it would be the last in any listing because, quote, it would be the last word in health. <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, that's, so that's that's a lot. That's like in yeah. Gilmore Girls, he um, when he becomes a carpenter, Liz's husband, TJ, and he changes his name to AJ. <laughs> so he's the first in the phone book. It's the same logic. As TJ from it Gilmore is, Girls. It's just exactly the same. It's just wild. Who, he was in Wayne's World, and he was hot. Oh, I did not remember he was in Wayne's World. He doesn't have really any lines. He's part of, like, their crew that, when they go out and listen to Queen, he's in the car with them. Mm. TJ. I'm going to have to check TJ out. AJ. AJ. Uh, he made a cheap, and by all accounts, pretty bad hotel also uh, sorry i just have to say you can make a business that starts with a z without it being zizek like there's middle ground there boo there's so many other things you could have done (laughs) before zizek yeah hi is Um, this a who who do i have here (laughs) (laughs) is this uh i saw a sign back there but i was 83% 83% sure it was fake. <laughs> like, it's it, Your name it's is wild. nonsense. You know this, right? It's because we're the last name in health. Welcome. Welcome to Soda Springs. <laughs> they're like, yeah, your name, your name means nothing. Zizix? And they're like, no, no, it's Zizix. And they're like, we oh, well, that, that makes sense. <laughs> now I get it. Um, Give us your money. So... <laughs> yeah you're here now and you have to pay to leave um <laughs> remember when yeah. we bust you in <laughs> uh and suddenly the hotel is uh advertising that this natural spring is actually a hot spring and uh, you would think that once guests get into the cold natural spring water and not a natural hot spring they would realize uh, but Curtis figured that out and just installed heat pumps <laughs> to keep the water in the hot spring warm. But a 1940s version of a heat pump. <laughs> yeah, so can you imagine just like, yep, I'm going to sit in here for a while. That's uh, really tempted. Oh, one second, one second. <laughs> something's not working. 
<laughs> don't worry, don't worry. Um, around, around. Uh, oh, and it's not just the hot spring, it's that he has nearly 30 miracle medicines. So how could you not go to Zizek's and hang out and take your medicine and be in a hot spring? Um, this went shockingly well. Uh, especially for a man who has already publicly been called out as a quack, as a fraud. And he just says, thank you, and goes on his way. Yep, he's like, well, that'll be me for the evening, and then goes to the next town over. Um, As, so, the Mojave Project exists where Zizek's used to be, and it states that, quote- As in, like, he renamed it the Mojave project no no it's a different thing now okay we'll we'll get to that part oh sorry um that part it's actually it's it's just like a yeah we'll we'll get to that in the story um it exists where Zizek's used rush to be me it's <laughs> <laughs> um and there was an article they wrote about this said as a testament to springer's ability to scam people Zizek's actually became a fairly popular destination um Springer advertised Zizek's on his radio show, in newspapers, and in his newsletter, The Elucidator, uh, drawing in crowds of people from all over. Zizek's also had several buses and a eight-door Chevrolet utility vehicle that would shuttle guests to tourist destinations in Los Angeles. Uh, at the area... The area grows in popularity. Um, it actually becomes pretty well-established. Uh, quote, where his guests could soak in the mineral water in a cross-shaped pool, because you gotta have, wow. you gotta have the religion. Um, yeah, How apparently many people there do were... you think went and, like, did a float and they're like, look it, it's like a big <laughs> <laughs> Oh, god, I hope everyone. I hope everyone. Um, otherwise missed opportunity. <laughs> But yeah, there's a couple articles on this that talk about like the fact that there's like a loudspeaker that he he gives sermons like two times a day. That's so uh, culty. It's just, yeah, very very culty. Um, they can do- take a dive in the heated mineral baths, partake in specialized diets, attend lectures and religious services, and enjoy the clean air and sunshine of the Mojave Desert. Come here to enjoy a diet. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Uh, come into the middle of the desert and stop eating. <laughs> Reduce your food <laughs> intake and pay for it. You can swim in the cross pool. <laughs> uh, at its height, there's also a food processing plant, a printing plant, a recording studio, oh. a dining hall, a chapel, Curtis's private airstrip called Zyport. Okay. Uh, okay. And an yeah, and an artificial lake called Lake Twende. Uh, Curtis claimed, as oh, all the old white men do, that this was an indigenous name, uh, meaning quote where the waters come together, oh, uh, which it was not. He made it up. Zizek's goes strong for way too long. His fake health spa um, lasts until the nineteen seventies. Oh my god, he it just sounds like a cult and I picture him with a low pony. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's the so... recording studio for me. That's when you've crossed over into like actual like Yeah, yeah. You're gonna when when's the album gonna drop? Um 
specifically April 11th, 1974, because that's when the Bureau of Land Management in the States uh, kicked him and his stupid fake camp off of the land. You know what? We've had Um, enough, you damn hippies. Go away. (laughs) Yeah. Was it the lies? Did someone die taking one of his wonderful cures? No. He originally started this adventure with a mining permit. Hmm. And it turns out that when you're officially permitted to mine on the land and then don't mine or even build a mine for three decades, uh, someone in the government finds out and they come and kick you off the land. (laughs) That's right. Is mining for hits? Not mining? (laughs) <laughs> got audio gold in this oh, is uh is, is our indoor heated yoga studio not count as a uh, as a mine but we go you have to the pool is in the ground we dug we a did hole. have to put a hole in the ground which is theoretically mining and we so, our heat uh, our welcome. heater is coal operated <laughs> so it's a coal-operated hot springs. It sounds like a mine to me. It's, I don't know what else a mine could possibly. There's buildings, people. Welcome to mine. That's what a mine is. Home. <laughs> That's just a little joke. We all tell that around here. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just like he just didn't eat. I don't even know how it lasted so long. I'm thinking that it was just so inconsequential to the government to the officials at the time like where he was doing this and then it just like went for so long and then someone was like wait a second (laughs) so there's not even a cardboard facade of a mine here (laughs) like you just didn't do anything i mean um on our ideas list we wrote a mine with a question mark but you know yeah so you know question mark still there it's open uh, record the bridge of my latest single. <laughs> uh, so on April 11th, 1974, he is officially given 36 hours to get off the land. Um, because Curtis is so determined, he moved to Las Vegas and he keeps fighting for his imaginary health spa. Uh, because Curtis loves what Curtis has to say, he has published a bunch of articles in local newspapers um, there's an article in the Baker Valley News, uh, being, because he is also an unscrupulous asshole, he titled it, The Legal Rape of Zizek's. Oh, sir. Oh, J.K. Sir. Rowling would be so proud. <laughs> I thought you were going to say true. it was an article on the health benefits of a low pony. Oh, yeah, close. He's got that in his back pocket. He's like, eventually. Once I'm back there. <laughs> Uh, the article was pus- it was printed in uh, 1984, a full 10 years after he has been kicked off this land. He's made you no, know, there's not even like a back and forth. He's just been gone for a decade. That's it. Uh, and he's You've still let me no writing choice. articles. I'm going to write yeah. on my live journal. <laughs> uh, he never won the fight. Uh, eventually, the area began being used by the California State University as their desert studies center, which is what became the Mojave Project uh, that works out of that building now. Okay. Our new buildings that are built there. Um, Curtis House Springer's downfall, though, was like more of like a downfall light. Um, he 
keeps trying to get the land, but that's not successful at all. Uh, it turns out that all that attention isn't great for a man who has lied about pretty much everything in his life. Um, eventually, he's taken to court. He's found guilty of squatting and false advertising on account of all the very easily provable false advertising he has advertised. Um, <laughs> you love and... advertising! <laughs> yeah. I mean, no one made you do this, man. <laughs> Just like... I mean, you. You, Adam. <laughs> I do love That was a callback to last week when you oh, loved advertising. Oh, my God, I forgot. Damn. I do love it. A good, some good advertising. False advertising makes me so mad, apparently. Um, he spends 49 days out of a possible 60-day sentence in jail. Uh, Wait, which sorry, is America. Sorry. What was he charged with? Uh, he was found guilty of squatting oh, on okay. the land and uh, the false advertising charges. Right, right, right. Sorry, sorry. And yeah. wow, that's a very shocking sentence. Yeah, it was very odd, but I think that I think by this point he was kind of on a decline and like every it was just like what's the use in in mm-hmm. like we're not going to make an example of this guy but like we have to do something cuz he's such a huckster. And it like, also sounds like a hit, like no one died or like there was no injuries from like his lie that's the thing so too yeah it's, it's like, like it okay fine yeah, he's it lying this... but these are adults who can choose what they want to do yeah like, exactly like there's area. not there it's yeah it's such a difficult especially for the time it's such a difficult way in but like again it, like you said like you pointed out like, very culty again like of any of like the few cases of cults that have gone to any sort of court system you're not charging the people with like what hooks them and brings them in usually like it's the it's the the later stuff down the line it's like all of the abuses and stuff like that but like there's just this undercurrent of like some of these people just really maybe not understand people i think that's giving them too much credit but like understand that how much an idea like this or ideas like these would appeal to a specific kind of person yeah. in a specific kind of scenario and Did just getting really, really good at it. Like followers? I'm there were like talks of like repeat visits. Okay. But, but it not wasn't like a point. It wasn't like a like no wasn't one had anyone's to live there. It wasn't or, a compound. Yeah. It, yeah. Like that's the thing. It's just like it was the religious side of it was um I believe leaned toward like Methodist uh, side, if I'm remembering correctly. But it was just, it was that essential thing. Like it wasn't even he wasn't rewriting your own a religion. Or, he wasn't. No, yeah, no, yeah. it wasn't like you, there's no like ramping like up of him being like. Actually, name. it says my name in here. Yeah, Sorry. exactly. Yeah, it's just it's it's, it's so it's it's interesting because like it's a weird thing that i'm not sure is like a product of the time that like uh people like he understood that it gave him extra credibility in that world or whether it was something that he just like genuinely seemed to know a lot about like just like the monarchy thing for for thomas like it just yes it's such an odd detail that like it doesn't strike me as necessary and actually strikes me as like way more work for you to have to 
do this thing if it's all a front. And like one of them clearly is a front. It's provably nonsense. All of his medicines are complete garbage. Like mm. they're not poison, but they're not anything. But like the religious side of it, it seems so that he we like, don't necessarily know like how much he bought his own bullshit. Like we don't know if he was like, this tea is incredible. I have to put laxatives in it, but that's because that's the properties it needs. But like versus like oh, like I'm wondering. I'm asking like, did he think of it that way, or was it more like? oh my god, I could just put a bunch of laxatives in this and sell it as this and make money. I think it's the the latter. I think, like, that part, okay. I feel like he knew... To me, like, he knew that none of this was real. It was all a facade. Like, the thing with, like, he put warmers in the water, like, it's clearly someone who uh, yeah. is, like, faking it. But the religious aspect I seems to be, like, throughout the story, something that was, like, actually very... Like, he considered it a core part of his identity Mm -hmm, i guess mm -hmm. which is just it's fascinating to me for like someone who like usually when you have stories like this it's someone who like really tries not to maintain a like thread through their life so obviously um like you're switching identities you're moving places you're like Mm -hmm. you're defrauding people but he seemed to be like no like his he was always curtis house bringer he like had this religious like backbone to his whole like other yeah. fake organization it yeah, was really like what is the motivation what's the and that's what i think something that's like a, a through line between the two stories is like there were like lies and deception but mm-hmm. yeah like how nefarious are there like how much did they like hurt people like in the long run probably not that much but yeah, they still yeah. chose and then, like, it's to hard lie to... like there's still a clear yeah. moral difference yeah and Maybe it's like it's still right it's word. like but, it, but with I Curtis yes the, like with yes with yeah. Thomas I don't know if I would say it was moral ambiguity I think right. he right when I don't think like when I think about Thomas it's not even the same as like a Rachel Dolezal like I don't think he was trying to fuck people over i think he did not feel at home where he grew up and then he found a place where yeah. he felt great and he's like i wish i was just from here and i and he just adopted that persona right right whereas like yeah with curtis it's like yeah how can i make money how can i um like push my agenda yes yeah in the way that like because they're both they both have like weirdly enough large audiences that are like mm-hmm. listening to both like seeing them who are but, like, also one don't of them mind could have like thomas is like too. yes yeah like it's it's so fast like this is like so obvious that these things don't work like they it, and and you think that like how many times are you going to be a repeat customer if it's mm-hmm. just baking soda like it's not changing anything and um I think, yeah, the, the moral aspect with Curtis, too, of, like, not moral, but, like, I guess, like, the it's just completely unethical, gross, purposeful manipulation of people who are generally at a low point in their life. Like, yeah. he didn't sell it as, like, a relaxation spa. It was Absolutely. specifically a health spa. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, you're either, like, you are, you're ill, you've been told that you need to do this, and and this is appealing to you because it's, 
yeah, like, generally you're not going to seek out a health spa if you're either, like, really secure in who you are and, like, your continued existence on the planet. Like, mm-hmm. it's just a weird group that is obviously very vulnerable and very gross that, like, as soon as he seems to latch on to that group, that's his, like, that's he's like, this is yeah. it. This is my career. But um, it sounds like he also, if that's his career, but how can I put my own agenda into everything? Like the list of stuff that they made yeah. is so random. It yes. sounds like a compound really. Like yeah, come it to our really state of the does. art like, home theater system and also our shooting range. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, when he gets out of prison, uh, the two, Curtis and Helen, Helen's still married to Curtis, which is like, come on, Helen, go just live your life. Mm-hmm. Um, they permanently move to Las Vegas and he stays there for the rest of his life. He actually dies on August 19th, 1985 at wow. 88 years old. Damn. Um, as for what became of Sizix, uh, this quote, the CSU's desert studies center is still in use today, providing a space for students and researchers to study the desert's ecology and geology. But there are also still a few remnants of the site's Zizix days, including abandoned buildings, signage, and advertisement uh, advertisements for some of Springer's old mineral mi- mineral miracle cures, Ooh. offering visitors a glimpse into the site's bizarre past. So there are some, are there pictures some cool of those? Pictures. There are pictures. I bet you loved that. Yeah, that seems very much up your cool. alley, like a little frozen in time artifact. Yeah, yeah, it was very very cool. Um, but that's the story of Curtis How Springer and uh, Isaacs. Very interesting. It's like a cult, but n- not fully. Yeah, like just stopped short of a cult. And I just like it's it's like the one, or I guess time... like what makes it a cult? Maybe it's like just the fact that he maybe it could be classified a cult, but not one that has like a an end attached to it where like you know we have to panic because the end of the world or something that is true like it's not like or like give yeah, us all your money and a doomsday here. cult yeah he's not here's your and new he has that don't talk to your parents don't sleep anymore right right although this is like immediately this just like popped into my mind right now that if you are going to start a cult in america the best way to do it while you're building up a compound would just be to also pretend that you are a very common religious group <laughs> as well. And that's like, yeah. you're like, don't worry, they won't come at us because we're Christian. Absolutely. That's, that's but I it. think also a lot of cults, they're re- they start as Christian religious groups and then it morphs into this like... That is I true, was like God. Inserting the things. But it yeah, sounds like yeah. Curtis was like, no, no, no. Like, God is his own thing. And we, maybe, I'm sure there was still the toxic, like, Christianity involved in some point oh, of that. Absolutely. But it doesn't yeah, sound like it was yeah. morphed into this dangerous, like, we all have to wear matching clothes and die. Right, right. I feel like. Other cults um, activities. I think this was also the period of time of. Um, Oh, what is it called? You said the 80s, um, right? Like the, uh, he died in the 80s, but this was happening. He opened it in the 40s. Um, I think it also has like a connection with the, the prosperity 
gospel mindset. Like this is definitely precursor to mega church preacher feeling kind yes. of stuff. Like you're essentially like, what is the difference between that? Like promising these miracles on stage and promising that this product. But I guess is like traveling preachers, like that kind of. But yeah, it sounds like he was wasn't essentially going to the like, extent of like um like miracles, which is usually what I would like. It doesn't sound like he went too extreme right. with the religious part. Yeah, yeah, like he. It was just like the religious side was on the side. I think like and in maybe in the like inner circles, it had more religious attachment mm-hmm. to it, and like the advertising and the stuff that's left, like the more public facing stuff, is the more sanitized yeah. version of it. Like it's just this handsome doctor guy who knows what he's talking about um and it just has this like pull because like he knows if we put that on like if that's the first thing they see they're gonna panic they're not gonna come in and, and <laughs> too much too much thing. too much yeah back up back up back up we have a pool yeah. and then you wait to tell them it's a cross because if yeah. you say that, if it's like it's oh, a cross you know pool too much too much we have a pool great it's shaped yeah. like a <laughs> it's an x to some it's a it's a cross to others. <laughs> no, you'd be like you'd like walk in. You'd be like, hey, "This is the pool I mentioned," and they were like, "Oh, it's a cross." And he'd be like, "Is it a cross? I've never noticed." Uh... <laughs> oh yeah, I guess you're right. Oh, um, I guess the Lord yeah. guided me to design it that way. Funny how that huh. funny how that happens. Yes. You're the first one to point that out to me. Anyways, here's the forty five dollar diary. I mean, um, uh, <laughs> purifying tea purifying antediluvian tea antediluvian antidelorean <laughs> um okay so i guess we kind of we kind of did themes in the near the end of yours but like yeah to people um making up brand or like making up the jobs they want in the world uh, we're not throwing shade we do a podcast on the side of our yes. lives so um not not making fun of that um <laughs> and also yeah that kind of i don't even want to say debate because like they still lied there were still uh mistruths but it's like does how much if it if it's hurting someone like like is it hurting someone is yeah the yeah it's like difficult to see like with with curtis like it's it is possible that we, there's there's not a lot of records or that it was played up as like kind of goofier than it actually was but it doesn't seem to have been mm-hmm. like a physical thing it's just like you're selling a lie which is mm-hmm. yeah i think you're just you're you're like notably selling a lie is the theme several of, lies it sounds like for curtis if he has over curtis 30 had a wellness list. products yeah. and he, don't forget he was the dean he was the dean of judy greer's college yes judy greer's cheese institute (laughs) oh my god um (laughs) that was good thank you so much um thank you for re-recording this with me this was i actually really did not mind i forgot lots of it but then there were parts that i was like oh my god i remember what's coming next and (laughs) that was kind of fun and um yeah i always like joking with you and talking with you so thank you for being here thanks for being my friend um thanks for thanks for sticking around love it thanks guys we're almost at a year that we've been doing this pretty exciting um yeah yeah it's and we still have a lot i feel like to learn and grow but um (laughs) as of today as of right now thank you so much for listening and um wherever you're listening on right now you can just go and subscribe and then you can uh write and you can review and it's so easy. It's right there on the app that you are currently listening to us on. 
Um, Then when you're done on that app, you can tip Tappy on over to Instagram. I realized last week when I was, when I was editing the episode that came out last week, I said, um, you can check our Twitter when I meant to say Instagram. So I like edited out my, just saying the word Twitter. It was a thing. This doesn't matter. This is a goodbye. Join us on Instagram. (laughs) Enjoy. Yeah. Bask in it. Bask in it. Carol Baskin in it. Um, we will see everyone next week, and Adam will see you next week. And uh, thank I'll you so see much. You next week. Okay. Bye. Riverdale. Thank you so much for listening to Unscrupulous Podcast. If you want to hear more from us, you can check us out on Instagram at unscrupulouspod. You could always send us an email with any of your case suggestions or just your admiration for us at unscrupulouspod at gmail.com. Make sure to check out our show notes where you can find information on where we got our resources today. And we will check you out.